All right, well, I want to welcome you to week two in our series called Love Is Not. Love Is Not. We're looking at God's love from, um, from every possible angle. We know that God's love is not two-dimensional, and so we're doing like a 360-degree um, view, study of God, what God's love is. Um, and uh, if you want to practice what we are preaching during this series, I hope that you would consider Join in our blood drive after the service, and uh, we would love that for you. We also have a really cool, I don't know if you've ever seen those 360-degree booth, photo booth, um, and uh, I've never actually been, I've seen them, but I've never been like in one of them, but you get on them, and there's a little thing that does like a 360 picture of you, so we have that for you as well as we look at God's Word from every single angle. If this is your first time with us, my name is Alex, I'm one of the pastors here, and I want to welcome you, whether you're joining us here in person or online. We're thrilled to get into God's Word. And if you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and we're going to look at a couple of verses there, and then we'll be heading to Romans. So uh, 1 Corinthians, and then we'll be heading to Romans. I think it was it's, uh, chapter 12, okay? So the Bible says this. Help me out. Like any, uh, any word that's highlighted, I want you to say it nice and loud, all right? So 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 and 5, the Bible says, Love does not envy. envy. Love does not, say it one more time, love does not envy. envy. It is not self-seeking. Love does not envy. Love is not self-seeking. Now, I want you to imagine for a moment that you have spent a decade saving money to buy a house okay and you have spent all of these years just you know just saving and sacrificing and you finally the day has come where you finally have been able to buy your first home and you have you have me and a, a few of your friends um, over to your house for a housewarming party. Now imagine that you're, you're showing us the details of your home, right? And you're so excited. And you're showing us every room. And you, you, you're telling us how God has supernaturally provided for you. And you tell us about the, the buying process and how God was a part of that. And you are, you're just beaming with joy, okay? Have you, ever, have you ever, remember the first home that you've ever bought? I remember the very first home. I mean, we had saved all this money, and we had, like, it was like our pride and joy. And uh, while you're giving us a tour of the home, what if, what if, as you're giving us a tour, you're showing us every room, I am thinking, I'm thinking, what a waste of money. And I'm not saying it out loud, all right? But what if you're, you know, you're showing us the kitchen, and in my mind, I'm thinking, what, what, this is, I cannot believe that they spent all that money on those counters you know and you're showing us you know the fireplace or the pool and i'm going i cannot believe that they wasted all it instead of giving the money to the church they spend it on a pool you know like i cannot believe that now i don't say anything okay but i'm i'm having some sort of inward pain over your prosperity now what would you say to that if I was thinking those thoughts while you're showing me your house. Most of us, we would say, man, pastor, you know, you are what? You're a little bit, what? Say it. You're a little bit jealous. You're envious. Like, this is not, this is not love. And so today, the topic is 
envy. In fact, the title of the message is Killing Love. Killing Love. Uh, excuse me, Killing Envy, not Killing Love. Ah! <laughs> not Killing Love. All right, wrong, 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 wrong. Okay, all right. Uh, killing Envy. Killing Envy. And so I'm going to attempt to answer four questions, okay? Number one, who do we envy most often? Okay, who do we envy most often? Number two, what is envy and, and, and how does it show up in our lives? Number three, why do we tend to be envious? And last is, how do we overcome envy? How do we overcome, how do we keep envy from taking control of our lives? Because in order for us to be more loving, we're going to have to figure out how to deal with the envy that pops up in our lives. Let's bow for a word of prayer and we'll get into the message. Father God, I pray that you would, for the next few minutes, that you would speak to our minds and hearts. Lord, as we look into your word, God, I pray that you would strengthen us to understand the message that you have for us today. God, I don't believe that we're here by coincidence. I believe that you've brought us to this place to speak a word that you have for us. And God, I ask that you would penetrate our hearts and minds. God, help me this very moment. Help me to communicate what you've given me this week, Lord. And I pray that as I communicate it, I pray that this will be, um, that I pray that I would lead with grace. I pray that I would not point fingers, God, in, in one direction, but, but in my direction, Lord. And I just ask, Lord, that you would be honored and glorified in the words that come out of my mouth. And Lord, I, I, I beg of you that you would just do a work in our lives. When we talk about envy, it's one of those sins that, we often ignore. We often just kind of glance over and you just kind of move past it and we just don't take it as serious, God. But I pray that today you would help us see some things. God, if there is correction that we need to have in our lives, God, I pray that you would, you would correct us in a loving way. God, if, it's, if, it's, if you're trying to inspire us and, and challenge us and encourage us, God, I pray that that would happen as well. And we dedicate the next 23 minutes to you, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So who, who do we envy most often? It's the first question that I want to ask. Like, who do we envy mo most often? Well, as human beings, we tend to struggle in the areas that we care most about, okay? So what, what do I mean by that? Well, um, I, I'll give you a couple of examples. I don't envy a professional baseball player okay like I have never envied a professional baseball player why well because I don't really care about baseball like baseball is not a big deal to me I don't really care about it so I've never you know, there's nothing for me to envy there I, I don't envy other dads that um, that play more golf than I do okay I really don't like I don't really why is that I don't really value Golf that much, so I don't really envy. Now, if I'm on if I'm on Instagram and I'm watching a pastor friend of mine and his church is like baptizing like hundreds of people every couple of months, and they just cannot add enough staff to their church because it's growing like crazy. And I'm looking, you know, and people are telling me, "Oh, did you hear about Johnny? Man, his church is growing like crazy, and it's like it's doing this and it's doing that." All of a sudden, guess what? I have to guard my heart because I care about 
that area of my life. And I want my church to be baptizing hundreds of people. I want my church to be in the community. I want my church to be doing all of those, all of those things. And so envy attacks areas of your life, the areas of your life that you care most about. So envy shows up in the place, in the pain, I should say, that you feel when someone is getting engaged, but you're still single. Envy shows up in the pain that you feel when someone says, we're pregnant, and you're still trying. And you've been trying for years, and the Lord hasn't answered your Request. Envy shows up when you get promoted uh, or when someone gets promoted and you feel like your career is not going anywhere. When you look at somebody else and, man, their business is just booming and you look at your, your life and it's like, man, I feel like I'm spinning my wheels. When, when someone's, uh, like, you, you look at somebody else and, man, their health is, in, like, in a phenomenal, they're in phenomenal shape. But you look at your life and maybe you're sick, maybe you're, you're dealing with a health situation and you're not exactly where, where they're at. It's the pain that we feel when we see a post that someone is uh, having a, a wonderful uh, day night and you, knew that, you know that your marriage needs counseling. That's when envy shows up in areas of your life that you care more often about. So I, I, want you to, I want you to look at in Romans chapter 12. If you have your Bibles, turn there. Romans 12, verse 9. Romans 12, verse 9 and 10 is like the parallel of 1 Corinthians 13, okay? So if you want like, like a reference to, to 1 Corinthians 13, Romans 12 is, is a parallel to it, okay? And in Romans, God says this, okay? You guys, help me out with the highlighted text, okay? God says, don't just what? Don't just pretend, to love others. I think we're really good at that. I think, I think if you've been, if you hung out in church for a while, like, like we, we get into this mode where we just, it just becomes fake. And in my own life as a pastor, I got, like this is one prayer that I've been praying, God, help me to love my people. Because when you do something for a long time, at some point you get tired and it's like, you just do it because it's like, it's what you do. But, but when I read this verse, I felt like God was really convicting me. Because if you, you look at it, don't just pretend to love others. I, I can be really good at pretending. I can fake it, man. I've been doing this for a while. I can fake the pastor thing, you know? And so in my heart, God was challenging me when he says, don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what's wrong. Hold tightly do what is good do you ever do you ever pretend like you love your kids raise your hand no i'm just kidding no don't do that don't do that you know that the truth is that there are times when i'm like i don't really love my kids you know like right now the way they're behaving is like i don't want to love them you know and i kind of pretend that i'm like a dad and i'm like i'm having it all together you know do you ever pretend that you love your spouse don't look at me like that i know you do you know, we all have our moments, right? When, we, when we're like, okay, I don't have anything else, Pastor Alex. Like, like it's either pretend or, you're the, the, you know, the, the, the opposite is not going to be good. Don't pretend. Don't pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what's wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Look in verse 10. I love this. Again, this is a parallel to 1 
1 Corinthians, right? Love each other with genuine, say it, church, with genuine affection. affection. And take delight in honoring each other. That, those are hard verses. I don't care who you are. That's hard to do. It's easy to show up to church. It's easy to tune in. But, but really to love people at this, at this level, man, this is easy to preach. It's easy to teach. So what is envy? It's the opposite of love. Sometimes we use the word jealousy and we use the word envy interchangeably, okay? And, but there's a slight distinction uh, when it comes to those two words in the Bible. There's two separate words that are used, and there's a, there's a difference between the two, jealousy and, and envy. So jealousy basically says, I want what you have. Jealousy is, is like, hey, uh, did you hear George is going on a cruise? And you're like, ah. Oh. Man, I'm jealous. I wish I could go with them. And what you're, what you're saying is like, I want to go on a cruise. If I had the money, like it would make me happy to go on a cruise. That's what jealousy is, all right? Or like Mary, you know, I'm, you know Mary just got a, the, the latest brand new iPhone, you know? I'm jealous. I want to have what, one of those phones, right? And what you're, what you're saying is like, it would make me happy if I had a brand new, if I could afford a brand new phone. Now, jealousy in the Bible, sometimes it's not looked at as a, as a bad thing. Did you know that? Jealousy in the Bible simply means wanting something really, really, really bad, okay? And as long as what you want really bad is a good thing, there's nothing wrong with that. So I'll give you an example. In the Bible, we're told that God is a what kind of God? He's a what? He's a jealous kind of God. <gasps> God is a jealous God. I thought he was supposed to be holy. I thought he was supposed to be perfect. What do you mean God is a jealous head? Yeah, he wants to have a relationship with you and with me more than anything else in this world. Now, when it comes to envy, envy is always sinful. Like envy is, is the opposite of love. Envy says, here's what envy says, not only do I want what you have, but I don't want you to have it. That's what envy does. Jealousy is like, I want what you have. Like we, we all, like we're all human beings. Like we all, from time to time, if somebody's got a nicer house than you do, somebody has that nice pool, that nice kitchen, that beautiful fireplace, you're like, man, I, I want that. That's a human thing. It's not necessarily always wrong as long, man, as long as it doesn't get out of hand. But envy, on the other hand, man, envy is, I don't want you to have it. I mean, I want it for myself. And so envy this, here's a good way to put it. If you want to know what is envy, here it is. Here it is. Write this down if you're taking notes. Envy dishonors God and it injures people. Envy dishonors God and dishonors people. Let me give you a biblical example. A couple of weeks ago, I talked about Lazarus in the Bible. And uh, the man who was dead for four days, Jesus comes back and gives him, you know, brings him back from the dead. Do you remember what happens after that miracle this by the way was one of the greatest miracles Jesus ever performed like his public ministry it was the pinnacle of his of his career if you want to put it that way I mean there's no greater thing right than to give somebody else life after they've been dead for four days in fact let me show you what happens after the miracle it says in John 11 verse 43 it says then Jesus shouted Lazarus come out and the dead man came out Okay, now look at the next verse, verse 45. Many of the people who were, 
with Mary, Mary is Lazarus' uh, sister. Many of the people who were with Mary believed in Jesus when they saw this happen, okay? So many of the people um, who were with Mary believed in Jesus when they saw what happened. It says, verse 46, but some, of the, some went to the Pharisees and told them, what Jesus had done. Now watch this, watch this, verse 47, don't miss it. Then the leading priest and the Pharisees called the high council. They had a, they had a, a group meeting, they had a meeting together. There was like, everybody, come on, all the leaders of the church, all the religious people, they came together, and here's what, what it says. What are we going to do? They asked each other. This man, in reference to Jesus, this man certainly performs many what? Many, help me out, church, many what? Miraculous signs, Miraculous signs right? And so that they're like, what are we going to do? Look at the next verse. If we allow him to go on like this, soon everyone will what? Believe, Believe in him. That everybody's gonna, they were not concerned that, that Jesus was, was, was healing people. That was not their main concern. They were not concerned that he was gaining the respect of the people. That's jealousy. They were envious. They wanted to take that away from him. They're like, we don't want you to have the respect of people. We're gonna take it away from you. What are we gonna do with this man? Everybody's believing in him. And that is what, that was the catalyst for them putting Jesus on the cross. It was, it was coming from the highest high. I mean, nobody, they had never seen somebody, a man being resurrected. And so it wasn't jealousy, it was, the, it was envy. In Matthew, Matthew 27, verse 8, it says that Pilate, even Pilate recognized this. Watch this verse. Matthew 27, verse 8, it says that Pilate knew very well that the religious leaders had arrested Jesus out of what? Envy. envy. Out of envy. Envy is always sinful. It's the opposite of love. It says, not only do I not want you to have what you have and enjoy the blessings that God's given you, but I want that from you. Okay, I don't want you to have it. I want it for myself. Envy dishonors God. It injures people. All right, so, so why in the world are we envious? Why, if it's such a terrible thing, right? If this honor's got and injures people, then why would we, we why are we tempted with this, with this sin, if, it sort of, if, we, if we can put it that way? And in my notes, I put down, I think it's because we fall into what I like to call the comparison trap. That's why I struggle with it from time to time. I, I fall into this comparison trap trap comparison makes you feel superior or inferior neither honors God do you know that when you compare yourself when you're looking on social media right and you're scrolling and, and you feel that feeling it's, it's 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 hard for us to describe it and sometimes we over, we, we glance over it we, we ignore it we don't think it's a big deal it's just that you know but when you have that painful feeling over somebody else's prosperity it's it's really envy okay it's some form of envy or jealousy and essentially what you're doing is that you're comparing your life you're comparing your circumstances to their their instagram reel you're comparing yourself to, to their highlights. But comparison is never a good thing. Comparison makes you feel either superior or inferior, 
neither honors God. Turn to the person next to you and tell them that. Go ahead, go ahead. Comparison, come on, play along, play along. I want you to retain it, come on. Comparison makes you feel superior or inferior. If you don't have anybody next to you, just say it out loud, all right? Makes you feel superior or inferior, neither honors God. Okay. Remember the story of uh, Snow White? Remember the story of Snow White? So you had the, the evil queen stands in front, in front of the mirror, right? And, uh, and she wants to know how beautiful she is. It's like she goes, mirror, mirror on the wall. You know it? Who is the what? Who is the fair? You know it? Who is the fairest of them all, right? And for a while, the mirror looks back at the evil queen, and she's like, you, you're the most beautiful person in the land, right? And then what happens later on in the story? There's one day when uh, the mirror informs the evil queen that Snow White has blossomed into a beautiful uh, woman, right? And, uh, and, and then the evil queen goes into a rage. Not because she was not beautiful anymore, but because simply because she was not the most beautiful in the land anymore. It was, it's all about comparison. Now, here's the thing. It doesn't happen just in fairy tales. When you look at Scripture, man, Cain... He didn't like that God favor Abel. And so what did his envy made him do? Remember the story? What did Cain do? I think I preached about this a few months ago. Cain ended up killing his brother because of envy. You know, you think about Joseph and his brothers. Remember? Jacob, Joseph's dad, he loved Joseph. His brothers didn't like that. And it was envy that led them to do what? To sell Joseph into slavery. They didn't like the fact that, 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 that like they wanted to spoil his prosperity. You have Rachel. Rachel couldn't have babies. She couldn't get pregnant. And so she was, she was envious of Leah. And if you look in Genesis 30, man, I, I, the other day I read Genesis 30. Like, and honestly, like, I just, I wanted to teach on like Genesis 30. And I was like, I don't know how to explain this to our people. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do Genesis 30, all right? This is way beyond my, like, I gotta, I gotta spend more time on this one. But go back home sometime and read Genesis 30. I and mean, what you're gonna look is like just crazy stuff that people are doing that goes, you know, contrary to God's word, and all because of this one little four-letter word, envy. You have uh, Saul. Remember Saul and David, King Saul and David? At the beginning, Saul loved David, and everything was cool. Then he goes, David goes to war. He comes back, and the people, they're applauding. They used to applaud Saul, the king, but now all of a sudden things have changed, and they're saying, Man, Saul, he has slain his thousands, but King David, oh man, King David, he has slain his tens of thousands. And it was that one thing that led King Saul to persecute David. And so whenever you are envious or, or whenever you are facing envy, like somebody's envy, uh, envious of you, it's usually because they not only want what they have, not only do they want your success, but they want to take it away from you and they want it for themselves. You've, you've heard the, the, the term uh, climbing the, the, the corporate ladder. Have you guys have heard that term before? That's what we're talking about. That's envy. You know, climbing the corporate ladder. As I'm climbing, as I'm, you know, furthering in my career, I'm going to bring this person down, and I don't care what I'm going to do. I'm just going to bring him down so I can prop myself up. It's, it's everywhere in our world, and sometimes we just kind of ignore it, right? We blame other things. 
And so I don't know many areas in life that are not touched by comparison. I think every area of your life is touched by comparison. It, it affects your appearance. It affects your possessions, right? Man, your neighbor just gets a brand new truck, and like your truck was fine until he got a new truck, and now it's like, man, I want what you have, you know? It affects our performance, you know? Your buddy, your coworker, a good guy, he gets the bonus, he gets the promotion. And all of a sudden, it's like, what am I doing that I don't get the promotion? What am I, you know? I mean, it happens at school, right? Why'd they get the grades? I mean, why does the teacher like them more than they like me? It, it affects our spirituality. You would think that it doesn't, like that's one area that it wouldn't affect. It affects, there's a, a story in the Bible. Two guys are going into church. You've, you've heard the story. One was um, a tax collector. In fact, the Bible describes him as a despised tax collector this guy took people from took money from the people and he pocketed some they gave his, basically he gave some to the to the the government the roman government the, you know for taxes but he would always keep a little bit to himself okay so he's a tax collector and then the other guy was a a religious guy he's a pharisee he's like a picture a pastor okay and these two guys go into into the service to pray it's a good thing right there i don't think that you go into a service to pray for for bad motives and the bible says that the pharisee the pastor guy begins to pray and he's like God thank you so much and he begins to compare that I'm not like this guy I'm not you know a cheater because tax collectors were considered cheaters and I'm thankful that I'm not and he kind of throws in a couple of words and then towards the end of this prayer he goes I'm just I'm, I'm so thankful that I fast twice a week and I give a I give a tenth you know of of my income and of course i'm sure by now the 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 other guy is listening you know and i don't know what he's thinking i don't know how they didn't get into it but jesus looks at this and you know what his observation is he says that sinner that tax collector went home justified in fact i think the verse is up if we can put it i tell you this sinner not the pharisee not the pastor not the not the religious guy right not the spiritual leader returned home justified before god next verse for those who exalt themselves will be humble, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Let me, let me tell a little secret. Whenever you struggle with envy, it's because you have fallen into the comparison trap. Do a little self-evaluation. Lord, where am I? Whenever you get this scourge because of somebody else's success, somebody else's prosperity, do a little bit of a, a self check up and just say Lord where am I comparing where am I because usually that's the Bible says Romans 12 uh, 15 it says this rejoice with those who what rejoice with those who rejoice rejoice and weep with those who weep envy does the opposite right envy weeps with the people when somebody good is happening in somebody else's life envy goes like I don't like it and then when something good is happening to somebody else you know, they, they don't like that. And so we've looked at the who, we've looked at the why, we've looked at the why of envy. You probably want to know how do I overcome it, right? How do I keep envy from taking control of my lives, okay? So here's the big problem with envy. Envy screams. Here's what. Envy is just screaming at the, the top of its lung. It's saying... You cannot trust God's goodness. That's what, in, in essence, 
That's what envy is doing. You, you envy, I said earlier, envy dishonors God. But you, you may be like, how does it dishonor God? Envy, listen to this. If you don't get anything else, I hope you get this. Envy dishonors God by putting his character on trial. Envy dishonors God by putting his goodness on trial. And so when, whenever you see somebody's success and you feel that little bit of pain, that little bit of discomfort over their prosperity, essentially... What you're doing is you're saying, God, I don't trust you enough. I don't believe that you're sovereign enough. And you're, in a sense, you're accusing God of giving them something that he has withheld from you. And so in essence, what you're doing is you're questioning the character of, of God. I'll close with this. I'm almost, almost done. I want to I share with you uh, one last one last passage. If we can go to Isaiah 43, we're going to read a couple of verses and we'll wrap it up. You say, how do I fight envy? How do I, how do I overcome it? How do I make sure that I don't keep envy? How do I keep envy from taking control over our lives? Someone said, making the transition from, from envy to love is like the transition from dating to marriage. When, when you're dating someone, man, you're doing whatever you can do to outdo the competition. You know what I'm talking about. Man, you bring your flowers every other week. You know, you're just doing whatever it takes. You don't want anybody else to win her over, right? Like our, our last year um, in college, when Leah, so Leah was a year ahead of me, right? And um, so she graduated. She was a senior, I was a junior. She graduated a year ahead of me. And, um, and I'm like, she's going away. And that Christmas, we got engaged. I'm like, I'm going to lock this thing in, all right? I'm not letting somebody else come in and do, do all the work that I put in for the last three years, you know? And so envy is a little bit like that, right? It's a transition from, like the transition from envy to love. It's like the transition from dating to, to marriage, right? Once you get married and you say your vows... And you make your commitment. I know it doesn't work all the time. I get it. Because our love is imperfect. But you, sh I mean, if you make your vows and you have that commitment, like, you should feel secure. You should feel, like, loved. Like, yeah, like, I'm, I'm in. I want you to listen to this verse. We're almost done. It says, but now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. I want you, when we read these verses, do me a favor. I want you to do a couple of things. I want you to think of the character of God, okay? As we read these verses, focus on the character of God, okay? Here's the other thing that I want you to do. I want you to think of those, uh, what are those called? The, um, the tightrope the tight, tight walkers. Have you ever seen one of those guys that walks on a wire? Okay, I want you to think of a, a tightrope walker who's training, okay? And he is like, he, he's training, like he's not, he hasn't completely finished his training. So he's like halfway through it and his trainer is on the other side of the wire and they've invited just a small group of people, just family and friends to watch him, okay? 
And this is the first time, like, like the safety net is not there anymore. But this is like, you know, it's not like in front of, it's not like the biggest thing, like, you know, the Niagara Falls or anything like that. But the guy is like, like the trainer puts him in front of other people and no more safety net because he's kind of progressing in the training, okay? As we think of these verses, I want you to think of that guy. He's walking on this tightrope, right? Halfway through it, the wind picks up a little bit. The few people that are there, like the family members or whatever, friends, close friends, they're like, they're panicking, right? Anxiety fills their heart because they don't know enough. And as soon as the wind picks up, the trainer's on the other side and he's like, hey, 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 listen, listen. And he kind of whispers a couple of words and tells them about the, the techniques that he's learned and the training and to stay calm and to breathe. And in that illustration, we are the type rope walker, the swaying wire, is the unpredictable nature of our circumstances. And the trainer, of course, is God, right? The unchangeable nature and character of God who speaks words of affirmation, who speaks words, who reminds us of how faithful he's been in the past. Now, as, I, as I, we read these verses, I want you to have that picture in mind, okay? Watch this. Watch this. So God says, verse, verse 1, But now, O Jacob... Listen to the Lord who created you. Oh, Israel. By the way, God changed Jacob's name to Israel after he had a, a huge transformation, spiritual transformation. The one who formed you says, Don't be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine, he says. Verse 2. When you, here it is, here it is. When you go through deep waters... I'll be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, when you're on that wire, when, you, when life throws that curveball at you, he says, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burnt up. The flames will not consume you. Verse 4, you are precious to me. You're honored and you're loved by me. Yeah, thank you, Gabriel. We have one person that's excited about the character of God. And so when the Bible says that you're loved by a, an unconditional, God's unconditional love, it's not because you're good. It's not because you look good. It's not because you're attractive. It's not because you've done anything. You're loved by an unconditional God because of His character. Because he's holy and righteous and perfect and sovereign and loving. And so whenever you, you are envious of somebody else's looks, when you have a little bit of envy over somebody's job or their family or their, their pictures on vacation and you're like slobbering, thinking, oh my goodness, I wish I could take my family on this, this vacation. When you're envious over somebody's skill or their money that they have, I want to encourage you, kill anger. Kill it. Kill anger. Kill envy. Excuse me. I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. Kill envy. Put it to death. Don't feed it. Don't tend to it. Don't give it life. Get rid of it by thinking about your trainer and his character. He's on the other side of the wire whispering to you and telling you, reminding you, guiding you. Fix your eyes on his character. 
He knows what's best. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I wonder if any of you would be brave enough to say, Pastor, would you pray for me? Yep, thank you for your honesty. Tons of hands just went up. Pastor, pray for me because truthfully what I've been dealing with is these ugly feelings. I don't like it. But if, if I'm honest with the Lord, yeah, I'm, I'm really struggling. So Father, you know our hearts, you know our minds, you know where we're at. Help us to get rid of this sin in our lives. Help us to call it what it is. Help us to do a little self-diagnosis. Give us the courage to love people the way you love us. No strings attached. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand.